Welcome to ABC Cafe. I'm your host, Anthony Apodaca. Today's guest is Linda Olson. She is a professor of sociology and current president of the Vermont State College's Faculty Federation. We talk about the recent proposal to close three Vermont State College campuses, the roadmap that got us here, and what can be done in response. If you're interested in diving further into this issue, then I'd like to draw your attention to an upcoming event on May 6th, sponsored by the Champlain Valley DSA. The event is called Fund Vermont's Future, Join the Fight for Public Education, and it features a panel of Vermont educators and organizers, including Linda Olson, and it's chaired by State Representative Brian China. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can figure out how to join that and without further delay, here's the episode. All right, I'm here with Linda Olson. Linda Olson, thank you for being on ABC Cafe. Well, thank you for inviting me. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Vermont College situation. And I think for starters, for just some immediate context, can you just maybe walk me through the timeline of the last couple of weeks from... Jeb Spalding's proposal to the to the present? Yeah, it's all sort of a blur now. Um, about a week and a half ago, uh, I guess it was two, no, two weeks ago now, um, Spalding announced that he was going, planning on closing, or his proposal was to close three of our five campuses in the Vermont State College system, um, which would have been devastating for those communities, those colleges, and those students. So um, what happened then was sort of a, a bunch of different mobilization pockets happened. And we, um, we basically said, this is not going to happen in our state, and it's not going to happen the way it's going down right now. And um, that led to uh, the chancellor withdrawing his proposal, and it never came up for a vote at the board of trustees meeting. And then after that, it led to the chancellor resigning from his position. And the legislature, I hope, is planning to put forth a bridge fund to secure funding for the Vermont State Colleges for the next year so that we can figure out um, a better solution than just closing three of five campuses. So that's where we are right now. And then uh, what about the vote of no confidence that I read about? Yeah. Um, that actually, uh, we have um, two staff units in the Vermont State College system and one faculty unit. And the staff units, their union voted no confidence in the chancellor. But for the faculty, it's a little bit more complicated because it has to go to a vote through the whole faculty through what's called faculty assembly. But we were able to do that in two days time and all of the faculty also voted no confidence in him. So. So the um, faculty and the staff are on the same page about this? All on the same page, all on the same page. And we've been working together because uh, we know that if we're going to fight this, we have to come together. So there's a lot of solidarity there. We've been working with students. So, uh, yeah, we're fighting it together. And um, could you maybe say a few things about, I guess, in your opinion, how you, how we came to this place? Like, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm new to Vermont, and I think mm -hmm. for a lot of people who are just tuning into this issue, I guess mm -hmm. unless you've had a, 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 you've gone to one of the colleges or you're kind of paying close attention, you might not really know about it. It just kind of, yeah. for me, it just sort of threw, threw me off a little bit because I didn't know there was an issue, but I've, I've kind of picked up that it's 
maybe not a total surprise to some people. So yeah. maybe just for the last few decades or five years or what, how, how does, <laughs> what, what set all this in motion in the first place? Because obviously a chancellor wouldn't just out of the blue be like, you know what, maybe let's just close these. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it was definitely a long process. Um, I should start with the, we became um, a unified corporation, the Vermont State College System did in 1961. And in our enacting legislation at that time, the legislature promised to support the colleges in whole or substantial part to bring the exact language from the enacting uh, legislation. Um, but beginning in 1980, there was a steady disinvestment in the state college system. In 1980, they provided us 49% of our budget through state appropriations. Now we get 17.5%. Really? So there's been a significant decline. And depending on which figure you use based on whether it's, I won't even bore you with the statistics, but um, we, we rank either 49th or 50th in terms of state support for higher education. And we have been here for a very, very long time. So what that means is if something happens like COVID-19, we're already on the edge. We're already so precarious that there's no protection set up for us. Um, and this is true of UVM as well, but it's just much more pronounced with the Vermont State College system because uh, we serve more Vermonters. We tend to have overall lower income students. We don't have as many out-of-state students as UVM does to help buttress their budgets. Um, but so we are, we've been living on the edge for a long time and this just pushed us over the edge. And in the last few years, has there been any significant push to kind of correct the issue or what, what types of things have been kind of proposed and failing at that level, if, if that makes sense? Well, the, we've had, uh, the, we meaning the Faculty Federation and also the other unions to a degree and students have been mobilizing for more funding for the state colleges really since 2012 when we started our Reclaim the Promise campaign when we wanted to reclaim that promise they made to support us in whole or substantial part. And so we have been a pretty constant presence at the state house testifying before the education committees, te testifying in front of our legislators. Um, and the chancellor in recent years has also asked for more support. And we have, we have received some in the past three to four years, we've received a little bit more but we have been so underfunded for so long, really, um, if we're going to be able to survive, ultimately, we're probably going to have to double our appropriations because that would put us at the national average in terms of appropriations. Is the, na so so the national average is 35%? Yeah, national average is like between 33 and 35%. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you think... I mean, how are you feeling about the <laughs> chances of that now? Do you think it's more or less likely? And I guess a second question, because and this might sound a little ignorant. What do you think Jeb Spalding was actually thinking doing doing this kind of proposal, which obviously it seems like would have almost predictably had the kind of backlash that it had? Yeah. And do you think that's ultimately going to be a good thing, regardless of his intentions, that it just kind of was just like, this is the this is the problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think ultimately it will be a good thing because it's shed light on a problem that's been going on for a really long time in a really dramatic way. I don't know whether that was his intention by submitting such a 
drastic and I would say reckless proposal. Um, but it it does, uh, it, it definitely has made legislators stop and look at the problem in a more meaningful way than they have in years. Um, and hopefully it will lead to some substantive changes that will make us viable uh, because we can't keep going the way we have been going. We need legislative support or it's not, it, we're not gonna survive. And if we don't survive, then Vermonters have no affordable option and even now with the state colleges intact, it's increasingly, students are increasingly losing an affordable option because we're so dependent on tuition that we have to raise tuition in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So we are the second highest tuition in the country for state college system too. Right. Uh, and that is not benefiting us either. Or Vermont students. Right. And affordability also is an interesting issue because what affordability typically means is are you able to afford to go into tens of thousands of dollars of debt, which is not really being affordable. I mean, for me, like, you know, I went to a a massive amount of debt for my, for my education and it wasn't, um, it's still something that we're, I'm working out of, you know, 10 or 15 years later. Um, so what, besides the actual affordability question and, and, uh, for, for people in Vermont, what other impacts are there, you know, sort of on the economic front with around those, you know, campuses. Yeah. On the economic front, um, it would be devastating to the local communities to lose the primary source of economic um, uh, income that they get from the state colleges. Um, For example, we're trying to do an economic impact study on each of the each of the towns where the, the campuses reside. But we do have the money or the economic impact at NBU. And NVU brings in $113 million to those communities annually. Um, and overall, we're, we f- I mean, we have hundreds of employees. Um, I think Spalding said it would be 500 employees that would lose their job, but I, I think it's much more than that that would have lost their jobs. So all of those people would be unemployed. Uh, the campuses that benefit the communities would not be doing that anymore. And students in those locations, uh, just to think that they can just pack up and move three hours or an hour and a half to another part of the state, that's unrealistic too, because some of them are working on family farms. Some of them are low income and are living at home while they attend school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's really unthinkable that those students could just pick up and move to Castleton. And we didn't have the capacity for them anyway, frankly. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, well, actually, for my undergrad, I lived at home while I was studying, and if the, the college just closed and moved two hours away, I would just been like, yeah. "Well, I guess I can't go to college now because I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to live on campus." Right, right, and I think you have to think of it in the COVID era too. I mean, a lot of our students were already stressed to the max because the camp, the campus is shut down because of the COVID nineteen virus. Um, some of them lost their jobs. Some of them are frontline workers who are worried about their own health or their parents are frontline workers, essential workers, who, who uh, and they're worried about their parents' health. Some of them are going back to homes that are not uh, safe places for them. Um, mm-hmm. So to add this burden on top of all of that, to me, was unconscionable, actually. It mm-hmm. was really unconscionable. Um, and I'm glad the proposal has been pulled, and I'm hoping... Uh, that the state will pony up the money we need in order to survive next year and figure out a reasonable way forward. 
So what challenges do you think face, uh, do you face going into that battle? And yeah, I'm just reminded of a long time ago, like 18 years ago, I heard Jonathan Kozel speak and mm. he was like, people ask me, well, is it just about the money? <laughs> yes, it's just about the money. Yeah, I agree with Kozel. <laughs> I agree with Kozel. I actually met him once at Castle. I'm a professor at Castleton too. Um, but uh, I totally agree with uh, with Kozel. The, the money is there. The will is not. Okay. Um, I mean, is the money Senate, still there now after yes, after COVID nineteen? I, so. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of. I'm putting on my state capitalist hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think it's still there. Uh, Pearson Senators Pearson and Polina last uh, last year, year before last, put forward a free tuition um, bill that would have given all Vermonters the ability to attend the Vermont State College system um, for free. And all they were doing to earn that money or to get the money to pay for that bill was they were taxing the wealthiest Vermonters who are taxed at a much lower rate than the rest of us. So yes, I do think, I do think that money is still there, especially in light of the tax cuts from the Trump administration. There's more there than ever before. And I think we just have to have the will to tax those people more so we have more resources for things like our state colleges are you aware of any proposals from anyone and to push the vermont tax code in a more progressive direction because no i'm not at this point because i feel like for a lot of things that's the kind of gonna have to be part of a big part of any solution and i haven't seen anything come through yet Mm -hmm. um but without that i I don't feel like it's viable to kind of just keep trying to milk the more money out of the system. Right. No, sense. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that we have to, we have to be visionary with this to get out of co- what's all of the destruction that's come from COVID-19. We have to be visionary about it. And that includes taxing the wealthiest people at a rate the rest of us pay already. Um, and it, it, I just think that we have to have the will to do that. I also think that instead of looking at the state colleges as an economic burden in the state um, because we get state appropriation, we should look at it as an economic opportunity to grow our economy and to encourage young people to stay here. Uh, We're the second oldest state in the country. Um, Our young people aren't staying here. And one of the reasons they're not staying here is they can't afford to after graduation um, because they have so much student loan debt. And it is expensive to live here and we don't make a lot of money here. So all of this plays into it as well. Um, And I think we could use the state colleges as a way to uh, bring in industry, to um, have a really innovative and clever way to come out of COVID-19 where people could go to college and come out ready to add to the Vermont economy. And I hope that we do it. I yeah, hope that we do. It seems a short-sighted approach to me as well in that way of, well, what do you what do you want Vermont to look like in 20 years? Do you want yeah. it to be like, you know, just a bunch of people in their late 50s and late 60s who had careers in Manhattan and then moved here? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. that's what it seems like to me now a bit. Exactly. Um, and there, there's not a ton of opportunities here. And I, I actually, for myself, I'm lucky I work... For the last five years, I've worked remotely for a, a company in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live here on a 
different set of kind of rules than most people. But yeah. I I have looked into the job market here just to kind of say, oh, could I could I do something locally? And it's actually quite difficult. You know, there's a couple of options, mm-hmm. but it isn't like thriving. <laughs> yeah. in any, and, and then I find out, you know, after I moved here, I, I mentioned to you before we got on the on the call that um, I moved here recently and I found out that Vermont was giving $10,000 or whatever to people to move here. So it's like, you're willing to fork over a bunch of cash to people to move here, but you're not investing in kind of actual systemic changes that would allow people to just move here of their own choosing or stay in the place where they grew up, which seems to me problematic yeah, I, I agree with you that I never understood that $10,000 um, bonus so that you would move and work remotely from Vermont, because how is that, how is that improving the economy here? How is that keeping people here who are already here? It, it just didn't make it. It seems very short-sighted to me. It seems like we, we have more ability if we invest in the colleges and give our students an affordable education to keep them here. I mean, 40% of our students don't go on to college right after high school, 40%. Mm-hmm. And that's when we have one of the highest high school graduation rates in the country. There's something not that's stopping them from going to college. And I think the cost of it is a big factor. So if we made it more affordable, they could go on to college. People who haven't, didn't have the opportunity to go right out of high school can go back, get a degree or a certificate, improve their standing improve their education so they can get a better job. All of that plays into the local economy. To me, it makes sense. It's a, it's an easy way to grow the economy. What do you think the argument is on the other side? Just to, we don't want to tax the rich. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's a big part of the argument because what we hear from legislators and, and to be fair to legislators, they inherited uh, a situation that was not of their making. Most of them were not here in 1980 when they decided to disinvest in public higher education. And that's and part of a out. larger trend across the country. I mean, that's not specific to it Vermont. Um, so we're just the worst at it. We're just, we're just the, the yeah. We just maybe it. did it the worst. I, we started earlier too. We started about 10 years earlier than most states. Okay. Disinvestment in public higher education, which is why we rank 49th out of 50 states. So they inherited something that's pretty. Um, pretty amazing to overcome, but I do think they have to think about it beyond the funding or the money that they currently have in the budget. There has to be something else that they can draw on in order to um, make it happen and invest in the local economies. Right. I just got an email this morning or last night about the, uh, it's to a new website that was just put up. And I was wondering if you were involved in that at all. I didn't have time to really look into it too much, but it segues nicely into the last thing I want to talk to you about, which is how people get involved. It's the uh, VC, sorry, the VSCS Thrive. And yeah. And I, I, are you involved in that or? I'm not involved in that. That actually is Ben Luce, who is a, um, a physics professor from Linden, who's been doing a lot of really great activism to try to generate, um, attention to this issue as well. Um, no, I'm not involved in that one, but I, I definitely support what he's doing. And I think it's really important. Um, so from your point of view, what can if people do to kind of get involved in this issue? They can, well, they can, they can join. They can go on there. They can go on there. But they also, 
which they is, I'll just say it's uh, vscsthrive.org. Thank you. Um, but they also can um, contact their legislators and tell their legislators how important the public state colleges are to Vermont. Um, they could ask legislators and the governor to support bridge funding so that we have a year to figure this out. And they could call their legislator and governor and ask that they actually increase appropriations to the Vermont State College system in the future in a significant way. That's what they can do. And one last thing, how do you see colleges reopening? Um, well, I think we have to be very careful about that, um, obviously. And I think we have to monitor it really closely. Um, I know that the UVM president has said that his intention is to open the colleges or open UVM in the fall. None of our presidents have said that so far. Um, but I do think I would love to see them open because frankly, online education is not my cup of tea and transitioning to it in one week's time was a real bear, yeah. uh, both for me and the students. They are not enjoying it very much either. So while I would love to um, see it happen in the fall, we also have to make sure that we're very careful about doing it and we're monitoring health and well-being of our community regularly. We're maintaining social distance, even it seems, if it seems like we squashed that infamous curve. Uh, we still have to be really, really careful because a lot of the experts are predicting there might be a spike again in the fall. Um, so we have to be ready for that. Right. Linda Olson, thank you so much for joining me. This has been really great to have your perspective on all of this. I appreciate you inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you.